Oh no, this will get us taken off YouTube, right? This will get us taken off YouTube. I just, I'm afraid it will. <laughs> Jovi is actively fighting me with music. <laughs> Play the song. This is music that who requested? Me. <laughs> I requested music off the bat, really trying to get our guest into into things. And the music keeps playing. So we're just gonna roll with it. I'm getting like vicariously hot. <laughs> but are you already are you hot? You're hot. He is all the time. Mirror neurons. You can get hot you can get high from looking at someone else's eye. So that's it, you up. that's your very intelligent way of saying that. <laughs> Our, you're, you're through osmosis getting like third hand high or yeah. second hand high. Th third hand. <laughs> I got the first hand high, the first second hand. Second and then the third <laughs> <laughs> Hands move slowly down to penis. Yeah. Suck it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love a good, good, very homosexual joke in the house. Have we started? Yeah, we have begun. Oh, so, everybody, welcome to Get Up Podcast episode 36, I think, with Dan Ginane. So, my guest today, I've already said his name, so I've already fucked up this intro, but boy, we roll with it, because I trained for improv in New York City with, with, with Sam Harris. What the fuck? What was his last name? Neil Patrick Harris's husband. He was cool. It was fun. So, that's the improv training that I have. Neil Patrick Harris. Wait, Neil Patrick Harris has a husband. Yeah. I didn't know that. I went I went to school with a kid called Sam Harrison. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Could have been him. Could have been him. <laughs> no, um, no, he was definitely Neil Patrick Harris's husband because we found him on Instagram. Or okay. one of the classmates did. Right, right, right. We were like halfway through the course and like I had been getting some very interesting vibes from this man. I was like, this guy is like special. He's cool. He's fun. He comes always wearing special sweaters. He's like very fun and childish for like a... Like a dude his age. Mm -hmm. And then one day I'm out for lunch with two other dudes who I was going to classes with. And they handed their phone over and they're they like, dude, did you know that fucking this guy is pa Neil Patrick Harris's husband? I was like, no shit. And they just like took me through a bunch of their Instagrams and like he's like a professional chef and like he's up to all these dope things. We're all like, what the fuck is he doing here? That He's so good. Mm. We're like, what the fuck? Like... Cause that's the energy that he's around all the time. Like he's mm. just like, that's like, that's how you can tell that he lives, you know, with an, a, like a very experienced actor and like a very like, like a person who's really like honed a craft, just like the Zen and the yourselfness that you get from that. Like, mm. it's cool to see like what that promotes in a person. Cause like, I bet that like this guy, you know, his husband was fucking, was it Dave? Oh my God. I can't remember right now. Stupid me. <laughs> Neil, wait, are you talking about Neil Patrick Harris's husband? Yeah. Who's Dave? <laughs> that, that was his name. Oh. I just didn't want to wait, blow Dave up his spot. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Dave that you and I mutually know. <laughs> Can you imagine? If he was Neil Patrick Harris's husband. Now I'm taking you down an entirely separate train of thought. Uh. No, isn't that so? Isn't that so strange that like the thing that we strive? It's like as adults, I feel like we, without saying it, most of the things that we strive, um, young adults, mid adults, late adults, strive to be like is just like kids. 
Like, it's like, oh man, that guy's so free. It's like, mm-hmm. kids are free. Yeah. You know? And it's like, the, the childish qualities are the most admirable ones, mm. you know? Unless you can... You know what's the weird thing, though, is the balance? Like, you meet those guys that are that are older, and you're like, man, I, I respect that guy so much because he's like 40, but he can still hang with the boys. He's mm. so fun. I'd invite him out for a drink. And then you also meet those dudes that are just kind of creepy. Yeah, how do it's you lose like, that? How, yeah. do, how, do you, how do you lose the, the youth? Like, it, no, but like, how, how are some dudes that are 40 just like, just immature and kind of just weird? Mm-hmm. It's a, but maybe it's because like, there's dudes that feel like they're your age, but smarter because they're older. Mm-hmm. And then there's dudes that feel younger than you. And that's just concerning because it's like, <laughs> you're twice my age, but you're like... <laughs> Can you think of any real life examples without like, like naming names or anything? I, yes, I could. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. But I'm... Like, I need an example. Like, I need, I need to go further down this road. I mean, what, are you, what are you saying? Josephine. Joseph. Joseph. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would def- I would tell you. Shit. The camera wasn't on. Shit. Oh. I never thought about that. Just trying to hang with the boys, you know? Trying to stay young, stay youthful. Who, who's this? Like, that's the vibe that they try and give off. Right, right. Well, yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe that's the different, like, the differing factor is, like, they have that youngness in them and you're attracted to it. But then there's, like, old vampires that are trying to drink your youth. And they're like... Oh, like what a terrifying <laughs> fucking visual. Yeah. Let me come over and play Xbox with you guys. <laughs> you know? I play Xbox. I brought gummy worms. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know what I mean? Like, there's people that, like, there's people that you're drawn to because they have that freedom about them. And then there's almost people that, like, just, like, just want to, like, steal your freedom somehow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I'm terrible. It's like you being free is, like, them feeling free. Mm. Like, they feel free being free with you. Yeah. <laughs> they like the abundance of freeness. Mm. And then hopefully they're, they're hoping maybe at the end you open up your pants and then you get free with them. Like, they're like, get really free with me. <laughs> By the way, I was zipping my pants back up. I had just noticed my fly was undone. Do you have a fly? I thought that was painted on. No, um, I'm wearing like, God, I guess they do look like kind of sweatpants, don't they? I thought, yeah, they look, um, they kind of look like <laughs> jeggings that have been put in the dryer and they've kind of like expanded a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like flexible. I like this. I've never like heard about my clothing style through someone who like wouldn't wear this you know right. i don't know would i wear it? probably not probably not no like why feel... but why wouldn't you wear it because i feel because it's loose it's if loose. i wear loose clothing it kind of makes me feel fat you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i already have like... i do feel fat in this cl- in, in like big clothes yeah yeah for sure like i look like because like some you know if you want to like be reassured of the shape of your body you'll just like look down and be like Oh, okay, thank God mm, I'm fit. Mm. Like, look down at your abs or something, because mm. we're fit dudes. Mm, mm, mm. But, like, when you're wearing, like, big clothes, you look down, and it looks like I'm just, I am this shape. Mm. Like, my body just interprets, like, clothing is, like, a loose layer of skin put upon my other skin, mm. you know? If you wear, if you wear, it's weird, like, if I wear, like, tight black jeans, I feel more like a ninja. Like, I feel, like, acrobatic. Yeah. Because it's tight, and it's, like, I'm, like, aerodynamic. That's something that you've told me before is, like, the feeling that you can get from the clothing that you wear can reinforce your vibe, you know? Mm. I was, yeah, I always have these kind of like actory thoughts without sounding like a wanker, but like, <laughs> um, where it's like, like I was talking to someone on set the other day about sense memory 
who wasn't an actor and they're like, oh, it's so scary how that stuff works. Mm. But it's not, is it really? I no. mean, if you lie down, you feel sleepy. So if you hunch your back, you might feel sad or you might feel less confident if you straighten it. You know, the other I really way. like how you're sitting. It's really like, I think it's reinforcing like good posture. I'm trying to work <laughs> on that. So yeah, my, my, my next chair is being, also going to turn. My neck's been so sore today. So I'm like, dude, no that, that feels good. Cause I was just like looking down and that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Is like how, again, how your posture makes you feel that kind of mm. goes back to sense memory. But like, mm. you know, we just like default ourselves to like unhelpful postures. Mm. And so I'm trying to like correct that shit and trying to add a little bit more exercise to my routine. Like last night. I looked at my chair and I was like, it doesn't feel good to sit in this for long periods of time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was that I, okay, so I didn't want to use my laptop because social media just like suckers my attention out of life. So something like, so if I can make the process of going into social media somewhat dissatisfactory or challenging, I may uh, want to do it for a less amount of time because it's, it's easier to sit on your phone like sit on a chair and be on your phone for 40 minutes. Mm. But you know what's hard is fucking squatting and do that for, for 40 minutes, right? You're only going to want to hold a spot for so long. Yeah. That's so beneficial, yeah. I don't want to be on social media for long periods of time. Like it, it, it amazes me. It scares me how much of my time it just drains from me. Mm. I look at my phone at the end of the day and I read my screen time and it was two and a half hours. Mm. Two and a half hours every day of my life is spent looking into that mm. and not living, not, yeah. not experiencing. Yeah. How many times a day am I just interrupting the, like, the stream of thought that is so valuable inside my head? Like, I want to do only creative things. And to do that, it requires like, very sound thought and like, to, to be able to put together like, difficult trains of thought into something that makes sense. Mm. Right? It's about taking original ideas, making them make sense, and inventing them. And I feel like... Fuck. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Just like how social media makes us lose our train of thought. So mm. I, you go. it's like training you to fucking be like, where's my notifications? Yeah. And it's a breakage of thought. Yeah. Like you're, you're, it's, you cannot make long thoughts because it is constantly interrupted by social media, other people's opinions, which mm. like you, and when I say you, I mean, I will always find a way to twist out of my favor. You know, you're like, cause you read, you read notifications and it's never enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's true. A bit. I remember, like, when I was when phones first became a thing, and I I just had like a Nokia. I'd only use it to ring my mum. Yeah. And I remember watching this like breaking news article about the teenagers these days, and it was like an interview. And it's like, yeah, like if I if I like lose my phone or like no one texts me for a day, I I just feel like a loser, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Pfft. You are a loser then. <laughs> like, why are you like, why are you so obsessed with people talking to you and shit? Like mm-hmm. who cares? And then when we get smartphones and you get Instagram and stuff, it starts to become this norm. It's like, I wake up and there must be X amount of notifications and X amount of lives. Yeah. Otherwise the, I'm not the world enough. is paying less attention to me. Yeah. And I'm less has, relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no worse feeling than feeling like the world is just turning without you. Like you want to be keeping up with the world. Cause like a scary thought is that, with or without you, the world will continue to turn, you know? Mm. And it's, it is totally up to you whether you participate in this or not, you mm. know? Like you can be out of the game or you can be in the game, spinning with the earth, mm. you know? Yeah. I th- I, to be honest, I kind of find it um, liberating sometimes because I'm like, well, yeah. Like, if you can, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like, I'm so inconsequential, I need to do anything to have consequence. Or you can be like, I'm so inconsequential... I could literally do whatever the fuck I want and it will not have consequence. Are we supposed to swear on the show? 
Yeah, you can swear. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. This thought is brought to you by possible children watching. Yeah, well, if there are children watching this, I've talked about cum. I've talked about, like, crazy sex stories. I talk about whatever, you know. But, like... Are you what? watching Josh's podcast? Are you watching? <laughs> How could you let him watch this? You're grounded! <laughs> Get the fuck! And that's when I got spanked by my mom because she found out I was watching Josh Joey's show where he talks about cum. <laughs> my parents spanked me over C-U-M. Come. This is now a spoken word poetry name. I used to, I used to not know, like when I was, you know how, you know how, did, I'm not sure if this happened to everyone, but when I was growing up in, in primary school, like one out of every four or five months, some kid would come to school and be like, like, I learned a new swear word last night. And well, I was like, what, what is it? And you know, first there was the crap, then there was shit, then there was fuck, then there was like slut, and like there was like gigolo. What does that mean? Yeah, dildo. What does that mean? And I remember, um, I thought I, I thought I knew it all, and I was at this kid's house, and then he was like, "Dude, um, I've, I know this new swear word, but you cannot say it. Like, it's a pretty much a combination of all swear words." I was like, what, "What is it? You have to like, know. what is it? Yeah." And he's like, "It's cunt," but, and I was like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "It's like." It doesn't really mean anything, but it's kind of like a combination of every swear word and it's the worst one. I was like, fuck off, James. No, it's not. So I just stood outside of his house screaming cunt. (laughs) I was like, see, no one gives a shit. This is not a swear word. And then I kind of like, in retrospect, realized why I was never invited over again. (laughs) Because I was like, like, I kind of did it in full bravado. And I was like, no one gives a shit. This is not a swear word. Like, I thought he was just screw it. Like, I thought I, he well, was just Well, you grew up gullible. in Australia where, like, yeah. everyone does say cunt, you know? <laughs> like, it does become a word that is just, like, so often said. Like, you don't hit the hard T unless you do. Yeah. But, like, you call people a cunt, you yeah. know? What's no, that's, up, you cunt? That's, yeah, that's always really awkward when I'm, like, working or something. And, like, like someone who's not Australian tries to relate to me by saying... It's weird. It, it's kind of weird when they say mate because it sounds uncomfortable to them. So I'd be like, "Oh, thank you, mate." Yeah. You know. Um, and that's like whatever because that's like friendly. But when they say "cunt," they don't really know how to like throw it away. Yeah. So they'll be like, "Thanks, cunt." <laughs> you know? And I'm like, "It's got to be more cash than that, man." They like vampire towards you. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's like that's relatable." Thanks, right? cunt. Yeah, I know. Ooh, like, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, there must be some like terrifying like transferences like just trying to adjust from Aussie culture to Canadian culture. Oh it's, yeah. Like, Canadian culture is so just like, <laughs> and then like, Aussie Aussie culture is just like, ah yeah. No, it's terrifying to not to like not know how people actually feel or think about you until you've until they don't disappear out of your life within the three month mark. I find that's kind of like the incubation period for like in Vancouver people are so like. Like, it's a wonderful place. I love the city, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to live here for a long time, so... But it, everywhere's got its ups and its downs, just like Australia. Like, Australia's full of a lot of racist people and bigots and all that. But I found here, like, if you meet people, you can't really tell if they're just putting on a facade mm-hmm. or if they're actually, like, interested in... It's like you haven't found, yeah. like, the zero point for everyone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because they're putting... Because they, they're friendly off, like... They're friendly off the bat, but not. It's like this weird, like, you feel, like, I, I was at, um, I was actually, I went to this um, thing with Jess, and she was like, we both said we felt this aggression from everyone, but everyone was smiling and being like, nice to meet you. Hey, how are you? That's very eerie. Yeah, and it's super weird. because it's, it's like It's like, everyone in the room's thinking, 
thinking something, but you can't quite tell. But in in, in Australia, I feel like people either like you or you don't. It's pretty obvious. If so, if you do something across someone, they just won't talk to you anymore, mm. or they'll just avoid you, or they'll just be like, "Mate, you're you're kind of fucking annoying" or something like that. Like mm. just they'll just say it. But here, it's no it's one would just, ever say that to your yeah. face here. Like people like that. Like people don't have that like energy in them. You know, mm. it's like they they've lost touch with almost the the bluntness of existence. Like the 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 inevitable bluntness that existence can have. You know, mm. Mm. it's like it's like we because we have become so polite. Like it has made coexisting easier on a surface level, mm. but on a deeper level, it's made us feel more disconnected because again, nobody knows how each person actually feels about mm. them. So mm. you feel more and more isolated. So it's a bunch of people very tightly packed together but feeling very emotionally distant mm. from each other because you can never understand how a person actually feels about you i spoke to this girl the other day actually um on set and she was invited uh afterwards by the company that we're with they do this thing every friday where they have drinks okay and she said um she didn't have the drinks when she was offered because she thought they were just saying it to be polite mm. and that's exactly the type of shit that trips you out it's like it's like, is this like a trap invite where it's like, oh shit, like Dennis mentioned it in front of you. Do you want to come as well? Please say no, please say oh, no. Oh shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's like, terrifying to think that that could be like the, yeah, the reality. Like, you'll be like, yes. And then everyone's like, what the fuck? Why yeah. did you invite him? It's like, I have to be polite. You know? Fuck. Just like, why? Like, I've, I've never thought that far into something. Yeah. Like, just like, like, just, I, I try not to put too much stock into Double thinking, guessing yeah, double, like second guessing yeah. my interactions with people. <clears throat> Because that deeper level shit, like, do they truly fuck with me or not? I, it almost doesn't matter mm. as long as we have good times together and I get mm. good vibes. That's I think it. I think you always be safe if it's like, well, do you fuck with them? Do you enjoy their company? Mm-hmm. If you do, continue to hang out with them. And if for whatever reason they ha- weren't enjoying it the whole time, then it will become apparent. Like, yeah, because a, they'll want to hang out with you less. Yeah, you know? it's not. It's not like like you and I have been friends for three years now. Mm. It's not like at any point I'd just be like, man, to be honest, like every time I said. To come over and play Smash, that was just that was courtesy, man. I thought I we've reached the point where the idea of that is just hilarious. Like, like it makes me enjoy you as a friend even more. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sips hot chocolate beverage. <laughs> I had to point out what's going on. Oh my god, I'm getting so phlegmy from this. Yeah, did you yeah, put milk in it? No, I put That's water. Weird. That's weird that you get flammy from it then. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's just because I'm high. Maybe so, yeah. Perhaps. But I think it's um I think it's kind of an in- it creates an interesting dynamic between two people. Um, when you've come in sober and then I've decided to come in after smoking weed, you know, mm. like it's like we are now existing on like two separate planes. Yeah. And like we're just like forming, trying to form bridges of understanding between like each other. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what conversation is. You're just like for like creating bridges of understanding between two people. Mm. I've always <clears throat> no, you guys. No, you go because you had a more interesting thing to say. I've always thought that I'm pretty good at um, understanding people, uh, not only like drunk or high, but a moment of pride for me was when someone mumbled with like a lot of food in their mouth and I got exactly what they meant. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then like went and did whatever the fuck it was. And they were like, <laughs> And someone else is like, how'd you know? How'd you know? I was like, I just got it. When I've got my mouth full of food, no one understands me. I'm like, mm, mm, like open yeah. the door. like. Mm, That's like mm, trying to talk mm, to someone mm. while brushing your teeth. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's always like half and of it's the, like, the understanding. How do you not get this? Mm-hmm. Like, 
So I'm wondering if I've got a skill or everyone I speak to with my mouth full is a fucking idiot. You know? <laughs> it's like a little investigation you're carrying yeah. out. Yeah. Is everyone just a fucking idiot? <laughs> it's like double negative. I'm not smart. Everyone's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a part of life is like understanding is everyone stupid or am I stupid? You know, I, I um, was having this uh, combo with Holly the other night actually about um, I think there's a correlation between intelligence and depression and then stupidity and um, enjoyment. Damn, I must be stupid. Because you're like, what? Because like, I'm enjoying. Happy? I don't Because well, I just like in, enjoy life. Like with, with that with that model, <laughs> it makes me seem stupid. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily like if you're happy, you're stupid. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like, for example... Um, like look at the, uh, the most basic archetype of like, you've got the socially awkward nerd who mm-hmm. like going to a party is terrifying, but they can do quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the jock who's like dumb as a stick, but Bucking he's a gangster at a party yeah. and things. Cause he doesn't think about the multiple risks that, you know, jumping on top of the table shirtless and downing that beer could do. Mm-hmm. People could take photos, people could do this, that, or you could just do it. Yeah. You you're know? a legend. And the, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it could be a dumb thing to do, but you could also have a fucking sick night. Yeah. And you don't think about that maybe in this example, maybe the nerd's like, oh, I could uh, fall for that impulse, but if I do, I might disrespect the table. The table might break. I might break my spine. Yeah. You know, this would be. <laughs> this wouldn't look good and blah 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 like if so someone takes thinking. a photo my work could see it yeah exactly like if I've... someone uploads that to facebook everything on the internet is forever yeah <laughs> like i feel like i feel like there has definitely been times in my life where i'm like if i thought about that before i did it like this one time i broke into a house to join the party <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. tell me tell me this story how did this how does this begin um so some of my mates had been invited to um, this Cary party. So in, in Australia, Cary is like a private, rich private school. Okay. That has a lot of good looking private school girls. And, um, <laughs> and we thought we were invited. Shit. And we rocked up and we weren't on the list. And it turns out my mate who had invited us like, oh, you can be my plus one was just bullshitting the whole time. Oh my God. Because he wanted to be the hookup guy. He's like, oh, you guys, it'll be chill. You can come. Like, yeah. I've got this type of pull. Oh, dude, and we the, get the, the, the pull man. Yeah. Yeah. The hookup guy. And then it turned out we didn't. So we get turned away at the door. I'm like, mate, like I'm already drunk. And we had a goon sack, which is like a four liter thing of wine. A goon like, sack. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I love that. And so, <laughs> and we'd already finished it. And it's like, I'm not going home at 10 at night drunk as fuck off a goon sack and my mom's gonna be like how was the night and i'll be like we got turned down i just went home no way no way so me and my friend christian um like the house is here um i'm like let's figure out a way to break in so i jump over this fence that has like those pickets um, yeah or like the the sp- like the the sharp tops yeah, yeah 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 and then i'm like peering over the fence for like the vantage point because the person who's got the, who's guarding the door keeps going forward and back because in australia um like sometimes when parties going at least in my area people hear about it people try and gate crash yeah. so they're coming forward and back trying to deal with these these all this bullshit mm-hmm. um getting so people to like piss off if they're not supposed to be there you yeah know? yeah yeah and uh and then as i'm looking like in a movie moment they kind of turn their head so i like duck and i fall off the bin and i like smash my leg oh my god and my and my mate's like oh like we're walking around scheming thinking and he's like dude i think your leg's bleeding so i pull up my pants and i can just see my shin <laughs> and i was what? like i was so drunk i was like who gives a shit who gives a shit we got to figure out how to get in so anyway so then we went back around the front, but now there's more commotion because there's more gate crashes. Mm-hmm. So this time, like, fuck it. Confidence always wins. 
I just walked straight up and then her mum comes out and she's like, who are you? And I was like, uh, Daniel. And she's like, um, and I was like, I'm your uh, like daughter's plus one or something like that. And just said her daughter's name. Cause like I knew the girl's name. Mm-hmm. So then, um, and then so I, hopefully she comes out and says she knows you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, I'll go check on that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come with you. And then as soon as I got in, I just went to the D floor and like disappeared. Whoa. Um, like a ninja. Yeah. But I felt like, yeah, I just had to, to keep that composure, but. Damn, that yeah. is a high pressure situation. That was that was. You just bullshitted your way into like getting yourself in there. Yeah, but it was hard because the first I had to wait because it was like waves. Like the first security guard that turned us away the first time, and then I went over the fence. So he can't see you. He yeah. definitely should not. I, I had to have slipped. Like when he came forward, I had to slip between, and then I ran into the mom. I was like, "Fuck, fuck." Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The mom is like level two of the guard towers. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. Dota. The party is like. Like the the nexus or whatever, it's like the the final objective, and then the security guards like the first tower, mm, and the mom's yeah. the second tower. Yeah, yeah. You just and somehow you fucking slunk through both of them because you're like some stealth character. Dude, it's so weird though. When you're drunk and you have an objective, you somehow always complete that objective. And yeah. maybe that's from the dumbness or the confidence. But it's like, like for example, you'll be like sitting at one house, and like, oh, do you want to go to Tommy's? He's got a pool, and apparently a bunch of people are coming. And then it's a, a big blur. You eat a pizza somewhere down the road and mm-hmm. then bang, you're like at Tommy's. Yeah. You're like, well, how the fuck did I get here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some kid got knocked out in the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone tried to fuck with you. <laughs> now you, um, your, your party story reminded me um, of a time that I was partying <clears throat> in high school. Like I did a lot of partying in like in high school. Mm. That was fun as shit. Like that—that that was the best part of high school. Just mm. like I learned so much about being social. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I can credit how well I'm able to do socially because of stuff like that. Mm. Like I was just so well socialized. Oh man, being homeschool would be so bad because of that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you lose—you lose the ability to fucking go on in. You know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, there was one party in particular in this like very rich neighborhood where like the houses were just fucking massive, dude. Mm. Um, we we went to this one party. And a commonality with a lot of these parties, like, I don't know if this always happened in, in Australia, but, like, you could bet a party was probably going to get shut down. Like, really? anytime there was a party, the police are probably going to come at some point and mm. shut the whole thing down. Oh, that's annoying. And sometimes it can, like, spiral into, like, horror stories where, like, I've had one party busted where, like, um, someone called the cops because they couldn't get into the party. They called the cops to say someone in the party had a gun. So, like, some cops came like stop the whole party and there was a fucking policeman with a rifle pointed at the door of the of the house and we all had to be escorted out hands above <laughs> our heads hands above our heads and if we twitch he would probably fucking shoot us or something we had to have our hands above our heads and then they all escorted us like out of the house wow and there was like like a hundred kids there that's fucked like that was one of those parties we were walking and everyone's like doey doey oh doey josh doey's here you're like motherfuckers i'm here and it's like it's not because everyone loves you it's because like you like five people you know are just like there and they're like oh shit this guy's dope you know yeah 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 and then everyone else hypes you up and you go on the dance floor you're like what the fuck is up everyone you know there's always (laughs) there's always some fucking like at at the best parties there's always some bullshit that makes it get shut down like it's like it always like it's very rare you'll be like at one of those parties and you get to live the whole night through. Mm-hmm. There's it's like one of those good dreams. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I had a really disappointing good dream where I like spent an hour in dream time setting the table for a Christmas turkey and just as I was about to eat the turkey I woke up. Oh my god. And I feel like it's always like that with ha- with those with those house parties because it's like 
yeah, you'll meet this person and then this girl and then this guy and then everyone's vibing you and stuff and then, you know, and then there's a fight or then there's cops cold and it's like, fuck. It breaks up the dream. Yeah. The dreams always got to get broken yeah. up somehow, you know? Yeah. I rem- Actually, I remember once um, one of the craziest parties that I was, I'd been to is like, kids do the fucking stupidest shit. Like, yeah. we like... Kids are so fucking stupid. It, I was so there's so there's I lived in this area called Q and a little bit down down the way was this place called Ivanhoe that was like a little bit rougher mm-hmm. and then Heidelberg was near there which is kind of like definitely shit mm-hmm. except so Ivanhoe and Heidelberg usually kind of had a lot of people that would have parties and meet in between someone said hey come down to a come down to a party at, at Chelsworth Park I think that's what it was called okay and I was like yeah cool and then it turned out someone had just made a Facebook event and invited 750 people to this park yo so that was a dope party and no, mixers and like, that, that, that's like a mixer dude like you meet like people who you've only mm, heard tales of mm, you know? yeah you, you meet all these people who you heard rumors about you meet this girl from that private school that's 10 bo- blocks away you, you meet, meet the guy who's who's fucked like the hottest girl in school's mom mm, like stuff like, like that everyone yeah everyone's there and, and it was dark and I was drunk as well so mm. it was like it was like blur 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 walk close to someone boom face talk meet blur 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 boom face talk meet <laughs> and um yeah and then of course being Australia like just a bunch of fights broke out and then um and then cops came at their very very end but I actually got to live mo- that most of that one out yeah but apparently this is the weirdest thing because I did not have any gang beefs or anything like that but apparently, um, I met a guy at a party like two months later and he's like, oh, are you Dan? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you were at a uh, Chelsworth Park party, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I had to stop Tommy from getting you. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, there's this guy, Tommy, had a meat cleaver. who's going to fucking attack you. What and the I was like, fuck? What? And I was like, I definitely would have gotten wrecked because I was so drunk. Mm. Like I was the drunkest I've been. And when you're drinking in the dark, you can't tell how wavy shit is. Yeah. So if that guy had come up to me with a meat cleaver, like. He can have whatever he wants, phone, wallet, whatever. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not getting away. And even if I ran, it would probably be like a horror movie. I'd fall over. Or there was just so many Holy people, shit. I would have ran into someone. Yeah. And there was also a lot of um, a lot of people I recognized from like local gangs there. That's, so that's like, scarier than like a slasher film. That's like fucking mm. run away from a man who you didn't know had a weapon at yeah. a party you're yeah. at. Yeah. Like, and they, these are supposed to be like places where good times are had. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, fuck man. Like if he had have arced me, I'd be drunk and I'd be like, oh, let's fucking fight. Then he pulls out a meat cleaver. I'm just like shit this is why street fights suck yeah yeah that's one thing that amazes me about your stories from being back home is like just the 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 different tolerance for violence they have back there it's it's interesting how different it is from like canadian from from my experience in canadian school you know in comparison to australian Mm. school like if someone got in a fight and they got caught by a teacher or something they would get like suspended or expelled you Mm. know Mm. Well, usually that's what happens in Australian schools. Like if you if you get in a fight, you could get you'd probably get suspended. Really? Yeah, you'd probably get suspended, or you'd probably something like that. But again, I don't know. Like for people watching the podcast, I don't know. Every part of Australia is different, so could be wherever your area is from. If you're from Australia, that might not necessarily happen. But at my in my area, for some reason, it was really weird. It was kind of like. It was a good area near really bad areas. Mm. All the all the good area, all the people from the bad area went to the this like good good or better school. It's still a public school, so it wasn't like the best school, but but it was just this weird mix where people I think like were trying to be hard mm. because because I know some of the most troublemaker people came from like rich houses. Really? Yeah, and their parents were like really well off, and their kids were just 
so bad because I feel like they... I feel like it's like when you're young, it's like you want purpose and you don't want to be Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be Mr. Like, oh, I've, I've got a mansion and my life's great. Mm-hmm. You want to be like Eminem. You want to be more than that. Yeah, like, you want to be hard. You want to have your yeah. own story that's like, oh man, I've been through been through hell. It doesn't matter if I came from a mansion. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's weird. So they like create that for themselves. Yeah. Because they, they're dissatisfied with their situation. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like I, 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 um, I went to school with this one guy called... Um, I'm not sure if I should say his name on this podcast. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, but you could just say it's a guy. Yeah, well, I went to school with this one guy, and him and I had 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 been in a lot of biffs over the years. Like we got in a fair few fights together and stuff, and we were friends, and then we were enemies. Um, and he came from a really good home, but he was obsessed with his relatives that came from this place called Broadmeadows. Mm-hmm. And in Broad Broadmeadows is like one of the worst areas in Melbourne, um, or Victoria. Um, and yeah, he was just obsessed with that because he thought it was so cool to come from a shitty area. And like, he loved the rap, he loved the hip hop, he loved the violence and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he ended up, he, I think he's locked up now for attempted murder. He, he was in the news because he tried to, he shot some guy point blank with a sawn off shotgun and somehow didn't kill him. Holy shit. And the guy drove himself home. <laughs> How the fuck does that happen, man? Like yeah. someone dies from a stray bullet somewhere else, but like, yeah. but in that particular situation, a shotgun at point blank ain't do shit yeah you know? yeah it's like i don't know maybe maybe it's because it's it was sawn off maybe it's because because he stuck it through the window of his car holy and fuck. shot and shot at him so maybe it was a blind shot like yeah like that. so then you kind of like hugged the side of yeah. the, like the door maybe he went like that and it like blew his arm and then he because i think it, it screwed one of his arms and he drew he drove home with the other arm holy fuck like i know he, there was some sort of disablement that happened and then he was in the news and then he went to jail for a bunch of time yeah one of the benefits of being in public school is that you get in touch with so many people that when you grow up, there's such a variety of different results in people's lives, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you go to public school and you, like, you meet someone someone who, like, years later becomes, like, a rap star. Mm. Or you meet someone who later becomes, like, who murders someone, mm. you know? Mm. You, but you just know those people because you went to school with them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. It's really cool. You're, just, <clears throat> you're exposed to such a wide catalog of people. It seems that like having a good sized school is very important to understanding like how different mm. people can be. Well, I think at the end of the day, we you don't make it anywhere on your own. This world is very overpopulated with human beings and you need to know how to interact with those human beings. Mm-hmm. The more exposure you have in your developmental stages to other human beings, the better off you'll be in life, depending on how you react to that. Mm-hmm. Some people are very antisocial and everyone they meet hates them. That's probably not good. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to just get more and more resentful. If you're someone who enjoys socializing and meeting different people, like, f- for example, myself, I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. Mm-hmm. I, when I was, when I was at high school and stuff, I love to go to all the different parties that I could. There's no party I'd be like, no, it's too good for me. I'd go there mm-hmm. because I like making new friends and I like to see what's it like at this side of town? What's it like at that side of town? Shit. Like, who's this? Who's that? I remember getting really high in uh, commission apartments once. Do you guys have those here? No. Like criminal house, like when people have come out of prison and, and so there's like cheap houses for them. Oh. So a lot of the people are ex-criminals or, you know, doing crime at that time. That's nice that the government would do that much to try and help rehabilitate people. Because mm. like you don't hear about stuff like that happening in North America. Mm. Yeah, actually, does, yeah. Does that happen? I was saying you, you know what it does? Oh, we do. Yeah. Okay, so that there, I, there I go making judgments about Canada. But like, <laughs> I guess I just never heard of 
a government doing something like that. It's mm. really cool to know that 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 does exist. You mm. know. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, they're, they're sketchy apartments, but it is cool. They have somewhere to be. Yeah. That's not on the street and all that. Because um, like you can't just like dunk someone back in society after them like being. It, society is like a fucking deep fryer. And we're all just like breaded shrimp. And you know, when you get taken out of the system, it's like everything else gets crispy and crispy. And you get put back in, and you're not as crispy as everything else. But you are salty as fuck. But you are salty. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we are just, we are just breaded shrimp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember I remember um, hanging out there once and I was so out of my depth. And I was so like, oh shit, is that my phone? Oh, oh no, sorry. We, pl- we planted a bomb. It's about to go off. <laughs> we just um, died. Yeah, would you mind just stopping it? I wonder if. This light is making the side of our faces look weird. Um, what do you What do you think if I just turned off this light? Yeah, go ahead. What do you think if I just turned off this light? I think this light is not good. Anyway, end of that story was I was really baked in the commissions, and we're with this, this? really sketchy guy. Yeah, that looks good. Does it? Yeah, I reckon. Okay, well that looks more hot chocolate appropriate. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think we look a lot more. Less abrasive. Abrasive. Yeah. Less in the mind. Yeah. Yeah. The perspective that we share. And I couldn't stop laughing at the guy. Um, and it was really bad because he was some sort of... I know I know he was some like a drug dealer or something like that. And he, I just remember him just... He kept like shaking. And I don't know if he was stoned or whatever. He was eating like pumpkin seeds. Okay. And he was just looking at me. And I just was looking at him and I was like, now's a real bad time to be laughing. And I just looked at him like... <laughs> shit and then he like and then he like looked to my like friends and then my friends looks a little bit worried and one of my friends like dude stop fucking laughing and then he like looks back to me and he's like you want me to show you the machete and then I was just like <clears throat> no and then I looked at my friend I'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's, dude laughter can be such a weapon against so us sometimes yeah. oh my god I've dude. had a couple stitches like that where I can't stop laughing and it's like it's so not good I wish that it was more accepted to just that that people could just laugh at anything. Like I wish that human beings would just understand that laughter doesn't have to have set like doesn't have mm. to have, doesn't have to fucking make sense. You know, mm. it makes people insecure. I think sometimes because they're like because same as having a straight face when you look at someone they think you're judging them. Mm. When you laugh, also people people are insecure creatures. They'll see you laughing and be like, "What? You're fucking laughing at me? Yeah, you're a fucking problem." So at the end of the day. Maybe it's just other people's problems. Yeah. We, maybe we should just laugh where we want to. But, but that's the weird thing, man. It's like, it's like, it is other people's problems, but it's almost like it's certain, in certain situations you have to navigate around that. Yeah. It's like, cr- it's like that. It would be antisocial behavior. Yeah. You know? Like if you don't laugh at someone's joke and you've just met them, it's like, ah, oh, that was so not funny. Oh uh, dude. Oh my God. Joke. I hate fake laughing at other people's shit just because it's like a new yeah. interaction. Yeah. And oh like, my God. I hate when you're around people that like, say for example, you're around your girlfriend and her friends mm. and and then one of her friends says a bad joke, but you just met them and everyone else laughs. And then they look at you for a reaction. Oh, well, I'll give them like a weaker version though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I will do something to like blend in, but it's still irritating having three people looking at you and you just know the only reason they're looking at you is because they want you to like do this one reaction. Yeah. You know, they're like, come on, do the reaction. Sometimes you can, you can get, you can get like, <laughs> sometimes it feels like you can get people weak-minded people with that at comedy shows you could just stare at them and they'll just like laugh because it's, like, <laughs> it's so awkward like you could just like tell a joke to someone and just like look at them and they'll go like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> like stop stop <laughs> like it's it's so weird to, like doing comedy during covid yeah. because people are just like so not used to social interaction like there are some ways which you know 
um, we can converse normally and stuff, but things like eye contact, people have gotten so much worse with it, mm. feels like. Because you're only looking at people's pictures now, you're not looking at their eyes. That's it, that's it. Like, who are you spending time with these days? Who are you actually, like, connecting to? Yeah. So when a stranger connects with you, just, like, looks at you like, I'm going to tell you a joke right now. You're like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Doey bullies his way to the top of the comedy scene. <laughs> I sniff out the weak and I stare at them. I think of them as weak-minded. <laughs> That, that'll be the next that, You know how there's Some comedy clubs Are so sensitive It's like Please no prolonged Eye contact With the weak <laughs> No strong minds <laughs> yeah. No strong eye contact uh, During your jokes Please scatter the eye contact Yeah Roughly 0.8 to 0.76 seconds Per person If you engage in two Two seconds of eye contact That's sexual harassment Or it's Comedic harassment Yeah one rule I find kind of Interesting at a comedy club Which I understand But I wish I don't know, I, like, I, I feel less strongly about this than other people do. Um, but one of the rules at comedy clubs I have performed at is, like, no poop jokes. Like, no, no prolonged, like, shit humor. Really? Like, no, no prolonged bathroom humor, I, th- I think, it has been the parameter for one or two. And, like, I get it because people, are, people may be eating while they're watching. I understand that sensitivity because some people when they just like when they hear shit they just they think about it and for them it feels like it's there (laughs) (laughs) like like some like if you like mention a fart or like if you like there are some people who just have stronger reactions to farts and like shit and stuff you know some people that's such a canadian rule it is a comedy club there was no fucking rules yeah in australia yeah, that would be fun to perform at one of those, dude. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And everyone, yeah, it's very, everyone was very like, they'll roast you, but they, you know, they're doing it for the entertainment of the crowd. The, I would like to be know. roasted by my crowd if I'm doing shitty. Yeah. That's the thing, dude. Yeah. Like I get more laughs than I should. I am like a year <clears throat> into doing stand-up comedy. I suck, but like I, they, like some laughs, you know? Hmm. Mm. I mean, I think comedy is one of those really interesting, honest arts. If you're, shit at it people won't laugh yeah and that's I, the cool thing I, about I, I just feel so like i feel like shit at it if people yeah laugh. maybe it's just like me being like what the fuck you think i'm funny yeah just me being insecure about it you know yeah i mean that i guess be... i i guess i guess it's kind of like it's kind of a humble thing to be like oh i'm, I'm not that funny yeah um and well, i guess you wouldn't want to being honest can get much. annoying at, after yeah. a point you know yeah yeah someone who will just like deny yeah. things that are definitely true about mm. them you know the way the way i see it though is like i cannot think for example with comedy I cannot think I'm a good comedian if no one laughs. I cannot think I'm a bad comedian if everybody laughs. So it's just really, it's like the crowds that I, I see it as like, like I couldn't think I'm a good actor if everyone who watches this film says I did a great, I, I says I did a bad job. Mm-hmm. But if everyone watches it that says that and says that was an amazing performance, I couldn't be like, nah, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It was shit, you know? Because like the opinion has been <clears throat> reinforced because more people share it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, like, People, musicians and stuff, like, you can bag them as much as you want, but they're there because they're good at something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're good at what they do. You will get disco- like you will get discovered if you are good. I think that's an inconvenient thought for a lot of us to have. Like, if you... Like, yeah, I definitely think there's luck to it when mm-hmm. it comes to, you know, breaking out as a comic, breaking out as an actor, breaking out in stunts, breaking out in water, like, on Instagram or on TikTok... Except, going viral yeah yeah but if you think about it there are some people at the top most people at the, take ariana grande for example her vocal range is insane mm-hmm. there's no way she wouldn't be famous if she continued to sing and just like mm-hmm. she just she'd i know she was like famous when she was younger and stuff but like her abilities 
Like you can't imagine yeah. her doing that in a club. Yeah. You know? Like if you saw someone like that on stage, there's no way you wouldn't follow them on Instagram or be like, like this person's amazing. They're so undeniably good. Yeah. Yeah. You like, I feel like, yeah, you, some people are luckier, luckier than others and that they, they cross over the line of um, well above average and mm. they get discovered right there. Mm-hmm. And other people have to keep going well above average, extremely above average, amazing. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain point that you hit where it's just like, it's like the Mona Lisa. No one can look at that and be like, that's a shit picture. Mm-hmm. I could do better than that. I think yeah. that's a really, really empowering way of looking at success or like moving through expertise. You know, the, mm. the, the approach to honing a skill, the approach to being some, good at something and, and climbing the social ladder of it and just like experiencing what it is like to be like a working professional in that field. Like, mm. I think, well, I think you can either, I mean, in my opinion, that is the way I want to think, that's the way I want to approach success, mm-hmm. is that it's within my power. Because mm-hmm. if I, I could just sit back and be like, oh, it sucks, man, like, some people are lucky, some people aren't. Mm-hmm. That's not going to make me work harder, mm-hmm. you know? I'll just be like, I'm already good enough, mm-hmm. it's up to them to discover me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, or I could be like, no, I, I must be... I gotta be better. Yeah, just yeah. gotta be better, just do it better. Like, I think that's what it means to be undeniable. Like, when someone says, be undeniable, it's that, mm. you know? Mm. Be so good, they can't say no. Mm. Like, yeah, and just, yeah, I feel like the the lower I've noticed over time, the lower my ego drops, the more flexible I've been to change. Like, oh, okay, this, this performance was really good, but mm-hmm. I didn't like this thing. And I'm like, cool, thanks for saying that. What do you think? Thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you just switch it around. Re- recently, I had that experience just like, I noticed... Um, working with this one director, uh, I was, I was, he would give me performance adjustments that were completely 180 to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was able to pick it up because I wasn't insulted. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I wasn't like, like maybe an older version of myself would have been like, Oh, what the hell? Like, how could you? Mm-hmm. But, um, th- here I view myself as like, um, like a, like a, like as like a machine I'm controlling. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you want the robot to move different? I'll just program it differently. You know what I mean? As opposed to being like, don't hurt my feelings by saying that. Yeah, it's like the separation of man and machine. Like, that's like a, like the, it's like you're fully recognizing the two different types of um, understanding that we have. There, there's like, there's, there's the conscious and the subconscious, mm. right? Mm. And you can achieve separation of that and peace and, and discover peace in between in a flow state mm. where your mind is totally separate from your body. It's almost like an out-of-body experience. Like, I don't know if you've done much research into like what, what a flow state is, but it's basically like a peak performance headspace where your subconscious mind has kind of just taken over and is just like operating at like a, a level of functioning higher than your conscious mind could ever do. Mm. Um, and there's a variety of ways to like achieve this, but like, yeah, that's that's what that is. Mm. And I forget why I even said that. But oh, the, the the separation of man and machine, like when you're approaching acting like that, like so you were basically in a flow state doing mm. that. Because like that and that that's kind of like one of the peak headspaces to be in as an actor is like you are watching yourself do the performance and if anything the conscious mind that sees like the actor, the mind of the actor um, he can do little tweaks, little mm. tweaks by, like behind the scenes, but really your body is doing everything naturally. It's living in the moment. Mm. It's not thinking about 
anything else other than being in that moment you know it feels like you're watching a movie and tweaking the actor as it moves and yeah that, that actor is you and the conscious mind like. can do things like um like i know for a fact i need to turn my face towards the camera a little bit more yeah. in this part yeah. and like don't look like this you know yeah. and like just it, it's giving little subtle tweaks and and if something's out of place or if i if you know my practice fucks up like if i if i slip up on a line conscious mind can jump in and be like da, 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 where were we okay we're here let's go mm. or just like and and simultaneously you're just living in the play like mm. have you ever like been in a play and just gone up on a line before and just like like you've totally lost the line but somehow you just keep going yeah i mean i uh, i i start i when i when i was newer to to acting and like i'm still new as hell i'm still an amateur but when i was newer um I got very much like, uh, yeah, I said is instead of it. We need to restart the whole thing. Mm. But then I realized like in when you're speaking in everyday life, you make stumbles, you make slips. Mm. If you're in that moment enough, the audience will just recognize that as a choice. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, oh, like he's just decided he's so angry. It's, it's slipping up on his line. Yeah. You know, he's just decided he's so nervous. He can't say because, anything. And the only thing that stops that moment from occurring is you, the actor being like, this should not be happening. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're like, stop everything. What is happening is so bad. Everything else needs to stop. Yeah, you know? yeah. The well, actor that yells, that yells cut. Uh, <laughs> shit, mate, dude. Fucking hell. When I've been directing people and they do that, it fucking pisses me off. Do so not much. call cut. Yeah, it's like, I will call cut. I see what you're doing. I could still use it. Yeah. And, I'm, and it's just really annoying. Like, I know they're doing it because they want the best mm -hmm. for themselves and stuff. But it's like, you can't see what I see. I remember, um... Someone, uh, there was something I was, something I heard about like how your brain can't work in analyzing mode whilst it's in creative mode. Yes. They're yeah. Like I, I, po I posted that. I posted yeah? that on my Instagram. It was oh, a little, okay. little fun fact about the brain. That's sick. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's how I feel. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you definitely need to just like be able to throw yourself in and make a, make a, you've got to have at least one messy take, you know? Mm -hmm. And be like, how well, how well can I do that? That's why I like to, um, with my script analysis, that's why I like to really understand what I'm saying before I even memorize the lines. Because mm. if I know the scene starts with me walking through the door and then it ends with me sprinting out with the fucking laptop, okay, I have come here to steal the laptop. Mm. I will... I would just direct the scene. It's like, where, where does the scene turn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, um, I, I, I should be able to figure out based on your responses, like what I would say next anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you're thinking like if, if you're if you're getting out of your own way enough mm. to be in the scene, because yeah. that's that's something only recently I have begun to achieve is like just letting my body do it again. Because like now that I'm taking acting classes, it feels like my my instruments warming up again, like um, just because auditions haven't been coming in as often as they they usually would be. Mm. So I have to take it into my own hands to be improving myself. And it's nice to like get to a point where um I've reached a level of fluency with my acting and, and comfort doing it that I can begin to kind of take my foot off of the wheel a little bit and or take my, take my hand off of the wheel and just let the thing steer itself. Mm, and you that's, know? you know, that's it. that is a fascinating thing that I'm still trying to, to understand is <clears throat> like, okay, so um, an example from, uh, from like last week or something was I was... I was on set and we had this scene that um, I hadn't been let know that we were doing it, mm -hmm. but it was a reshoot. Um, and so they're like, yeah, we're doing the scene, get ready. Um, we'll just go straight into it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what? I didn't rehearse this at all. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I know the lines cause I have done it already, but it was a week ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to go. Everything just turns to a blur scene starts and I can, I have no option but to fully be in the moment and react. 
because I can't remember my lines right now. Mm-hmm. I can only... You can only guess what the next thing you'd say would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, this dude's like, hey, my name's blah, blah. Nice to meet you. And then and then I say this joke and blah, blah, blah. And the director said that that was like one of the best takes. And I'm like, this is fascinating. How come, like... I, I, I hate to say it out loud, but like, is it even worth doing the analysis? You know, it's like, <laughs> how do I get, how do I get there more often? You know, yeah. where it's like, so that moment taught you to take your foot off the gas a little bit in mm. terms of like the conscious mind being like, I must control this, mm. you know? Yeah, Cause I think, you know, Cause how- you're, you're like by over script analyzing, like it, it almost, it almost seems like by like script, an- script analysis is like the conscious mind of the brain of the character, mm. you know? And if you do too much of the conscious mind, you get a very cerebral result. Mm. but by letting by having like a balance of the conscious versus subconscious approach you can have like a good balance of like control versus ah shit i lost my train of thought god damn it i feel like yeah i feel like you know um they say the best version of acting is when you can't tell the person's acting yeah and i feel like maybe that's because yeah they're genuinely not acting they're Mm. actually they're actually just like and that but that's so hard when someone tells you don't touch that you want to touch that when someone tells you throw it away just throw the scene away. Mm. Now I don't want to throw the scene away. Well, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that like... I, I didn't teach I now, myself to throw it away. I now don't know how to throw it away. Yeah. Because you've told me to throw, throw it away. Like um, there's this uh, this Taoism meditation technique and it's like a really good way to clear your mind to sit down and be like, I wonder what my next thought will be. Whoa. And you... Th- and then it, it comes. It comes without you doing anything. Well, I find that... Well, the, the, the point behind the tech is like if you put pressure on your next thought and mm-hmm. be like i wonder what my next thought's gonna be and you're hunting it it won't come wow because you're putting pressure on it but you're using that in the positive you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's what i'm saying about the flow state is like how do we enter the flow state and it's certainly at least for me not by saying get in the flow state mm-hmm. just throw it away no yeah. you know? <laughs> there is i have tried my best to like understand the the mystical art of like achieving uh, achieving flow you know mm. and the best resource that I have encountered is a book called The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin. He's like a professional, like, uh, he was a professional judo guy, or he did um, uh, Tai Chi push hands. He did Tai Chi push hands. And then he was also like a chess, like like a very, 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 very high level chess player as like right. a kid. Right. Um, so he's he uses his life experiences to distill it down to like an art. And like, he tries to teach people how to like, create create a flow state for themselves Mm. so one of the like one of the directions there's there's like a little routine that he proposes in it where um this guy this client that he's working with gets really nervous before doing me like before doing presentations at work or something yeah gets gets cripplingly nervous and wants to fix this right so what josh did was create a positive experience um that he would do routinely that he could do before having those presentations so he can enter with the correct state of mind. Okay. So what he wanted to do was to pick a couple parts of the experience that are controlled so that they could be enjoyed to like the highest amount. So he proposed that he would, before doing his meetings or like, like every day so that he could get this in his head, he would go and play catch with his son because he enjoyed playing catch with his son a lot. Um, he would have a light snack, like maybe like peanut butter and an apple or something. Um, and then he would listen to his favorite song. So he'd do those three things every day and he would reinforce his enjoyment of this. And then eventually he would, um, he began, he began to minimize the size of the routine and distill it down to it's like very, like most potent point. 
and then made it so that all you had to do was maybe eat that snack that day or listen to 15 seconds of that song and the entire association would be brought to you in an instant. Mm. You, would, you would be in that headspace by listening to that song for 15 seconds. Yeah, I feel like the, the, the core of that is um, is the the misdirection of the mind again. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, we're not having a meeting. We're having a snack. We're having, you know? yeah, or like we're having a good time. Yeah, because you know? I, I used to do that to get over the fear of fighting. Mm. What I'd do is I'd plan a sick after party. So I was like, oh, we'll go to this club. We'll have these drinks. So now when I, when I see Joe Blow come, come into the change room and he's freaking bleeding all bashed up and they're saying, you're next. I'm like, yeah, I'm next, but then I get to go to this party. I can't <laughs> wait to get drunk after this. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it's hard because obviously in a sport like fighting, you have to be really focused. So you shouldn't be thinking about getting drunk the whole time. Mm -hmm. But it is... But you've got that juicy peach to work yeah, towards. It's, you know? not, it's not like this is the end of the world and after today you will no longer be alive. It's yeah. like this will happen and then this will happen. And then next week you'll see your girlfriend. Yeah, so Life goes on. Yeah. Like it's it's really awesome because you've given yourself a destination that is beyond what is next for you. Mm. So it's like my life will not end no matter what happens mm. here. Like you you have lost your fear of death because you have written the story further than it's actually gone. Mm. You know, and I think that's why a lot of actors say that they they're most successful auditions of things that they don't like mm. because I think this whole flow state actually just comes from freedom of outcome. Mm -hmm. It's like you hold cannot... up. Let's explain explain freedom of outcome um, after I change this clip. Yeah. Um... I think, yeah, I think that um, all the things that we achieve uh, seamlessly or in the Tao, like the flow state, is it all comes from that freedom of outcome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and um, have you heard the term, I think I've used it before, hazard fixation? No, but I think I have that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like if you're riding down a hill really quickly on your bike, you look at a tree... If you're scared enough of crashing into the tree, you'll crash into it. You'll be like, oh God, no, I don't want to... And you just go into the tree. Really? So what, what I'm saying is like, if you go into an audition thinking and focusing on forgetting your lines, you will forget your lines. If you think and focus... Because you are creating that reality. In your yeah, head. yeah. Like whether you it do, do or do not, like I don't want it, I want it is kind of irrelevant. Mm. It's actually more so about what you focus on. It's like, for example, I want to get fit. I can say I want to get fit all day, but am I w waking up and working out? Mm -hmm. If I say, oh, I, I don't want to be ripped, man. I actually want to get fat or something, <laughs> but I'm waking up every day and doing a 10K run and then like a bunch of push-ups and stuff. Mm. It's your actions. It's what your, it's what most of your essence is like. To going towards yeah. you know what I mean so if you go into an audition room and I think you're genuinely you're not lying to yourself or maybe you are very effectively but you're like you're genuinely there because you enjoy performing and acting and like having a fun time mm -hmm. you'll do your best version of the audition but if you go in there try hard and you're like oh I'm going to give them a, a show I'm going to give them some Shakespearean shock they're going to be fucking privileged yeah yeah <laughs> and you're just going to go in and stumble your first line and then just be crushed you know what i mean yeah so i think it's weird that like in regards to what we we're saying before about flow state like i'm trying to formulate my own way of being like this is something i really care about how do i care about it less in order to provide my best self to it you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. like yeah, because it's hard, it's hard to make a good present when you're so focused on the future. Mm. Sometimes, like, it, I think the future is a good place to visit with your mind, but it's not a good place to exist, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a vacation destination and not a, it's not home turf. If you look at all the people who are super successful at what they do, like, for example, you know, PewDiePie from YouTube? Mm -hmm. Got, like, 52 million subscribers and he's rich as hell. Mm -hmm. He started by recording himself playing video games, which is super unique, and no one did it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do it to be rich. He did it because he enjoys playing video games. And again, that's a freedom of outcome thing. It's not like he was trying to go viral. It's not like he was trying to be rich. He even explains his story. He used to work like some pizza job and it was like 
he he didn't he didn't like love it the most in the world, but it was just enough, and it kept his rent, and he could keep buying new computers. Mm-hmm. So he just kept upgrading his equipment. He kept playing video games, and that was what he loved to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and then, he was like steadily improving at it, and also improving his technology. Because mm, yeah. like that that is a lot of what it takes sometimes. Like sure, you can make a viral video with just a phone, but sometimes for a podcast, you need like a fucking studio setup. You know? Mm, yeah, and it's and you know this is this is something that you enjoy. And imagine imagine if this podcast blew up and you got millions of views later down the track and then someone's like man i want to do i want to do something like like the doughy podcast you yeah know? let's get rich let's get famous it's yeah. like yeah but because this is really just me trying to do what i i see other people enjoying and like i want to enjoy that you mm. know like mm. i see other podcasts and i see just like how free their lives are mm. and i see like their whole life is just like live and then like talk about it and mm. be funny and like mm. make people have a good time mm. that's their existence mm. i want that yeah you know and 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 one of the steps towards doing that like for one thing they all do stand-up comedy for another thing they all podcast mm. you know and then they they all have like different unique perspectives because i don't know they've, they've just figured out their their art or whatever but like i see stuff like that and i'm like that's what i must do mm. you know and so and also the podcast is just like it's so it, like i just enjoy it so much mm. like i brag to people about it. i'm like i have my own show <laughs> no one, like like there there are less less than 10 less than 20 people enjoy this regularly but it's my own show you know and i just get, I get it can be anything mm. i think it's so fun like if if anybody in the world wants their own show start with this mm. you know yeah and, and that's a that's a cool way to look at it because it's like like what you said you saw people that are enjoying their lives and you're like how can i do that too i have a similar thought about um like traveling travel vloggers Mm -hmm. and their lives so free like they just travel they do whatever the fuck they want i'm like well at the moment yes covid's stopping me (laughs) but what i'm saying is that like when covid wasn't here before it was here or like whatever it's like if you really want to travel you know how much the flight's going to be you know how much two weeks accommodation is going to be and you know how much you need to work to do that Mm -hmm. so do it it doesn't matter if I have a million Instagram followers. I can still go to freaking Dubai. Mm-hmm. I can still go swimming. I can still go to Egypt, you know, and all those places that I want to go. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think in this society, that's one of the most difficult things about being this day and age is that is the is the comparison culture. Mm-hmm. We are just we've lost sight of what we truly enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you truly enjoy you know going and swimming in this place in Dubai or going to Thailand, or do you want you know a bunch of likes mm-hmm. doing that that's the that's the difficult thing like that's why i try to i've actually it's funny in this time of um covid i've actually stopped uploading as much mm-hmm. um just coincidentally like it's not like i was i was a little bit more active it's probably my energy output mm-hmm. but um i've had to kind of accept the fact that there's less attention on my social media mm-hmm. there's less you know people reacting to my stories. and that can there's be a less... tough adjustment to make dude when you're used to like waking up and seeing like 200 likes a day or something like that mm, yeah then you wake up one day and six people like your photo or worse no one like any of your anythings mm-hmm. you're like what the fuck have i become when like nothing in your life has changed except for your usage of like a program that's meant to hold our attention mm. and and that's yeah that's kind of that's kind of the, the bridge i'm crossing at the moment it's like because I'm uploading less, there's less of a reaction. And then there's actually, I've kind of seen in a positive light now, I'm like, there's actually less of a reason for me to check this now. You didn't upload yesterday. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to review. There's no comments to reply to. Mm-hmm. So I put my phone down for the first half of the morning. I do some stretches. I listen to some music and like make some breakfast. And then I go to my Instagram later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, and then I'll, you know, do, do the whole thing of like answering people that have messaged me and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, but it's actually, it's been this, 
ah, like, I don't want to sound cliche, like, oh man, like I did this social media cleanse thing, but, um, it's making, it's making me see where the social media can kind of blind you from what you want to do. It's so crazy how it just leaves us in a constant state of anxiety, you know, Mm. like you don't realize that you're always in that until you're out of it. But like social media, because it's hijacked your value system and like that is like where you get your dopamine from. Mm. It's like, like you can't, it feels like you can't live without it. Mm. You know, it's, I'm in this really hard, um, hard stage as well. Cause like even it, cause I turn off all my social, my Instagram notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and except I did leave the badges on. So mm. say for example, I message you on Instagram, like, Hey man, um, what's your number? I need to call you about something. Mm. I don't have to go onto it. I just flip and I see a badge one. Josh, it's, oh, it must be Josh. Mm-hmm. And I'll go into it. But even now, even like flipping across and seeing is there badges or is there not badges, yeah. that even gives me anxiety now. It's, it's I'm like, just a hook. Like, yeah. There's so many hooks. Like, yeah. You try and like get up a level and like try and, you're like a fish trying to get out of the ocean and turn yeah. into a bird, you know? Yeah, no, it's just like, because now, because it's like a double edged sword. It's like if there's no notifications, you feel bad that no one's talking to you. But if there are notifications, that means you have to answer them. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I don't want to right now. I'm stretching. I don't want to answer. Six DMs, but then at, but then as you're doing it, you're like, oh my god, this feels so good. This yeah. is my life, you know. And then once you also once you've run out of the notes, you'll click out of the Instagram app, and then it's so weird. You're like, I wonder what's on Instagram. It's yeah. horrible. That's the worst feeling. Social media is like it, it's almost like it's created like like a phantom heartbeat. Like it's like we have a heart and we have a social media heart, and like like the, the amount of likes that we get pump the heart faster and it makes us more excited you know it get, really gets the blood flowing whatever endorphins you get from this like phantom heart mm. and then like sometimes when the beat slows down you lose that like mm. it's giving you less but like it's still keeping you on it's like it's like a, like you're like a heroin addict and like instead of you know getting whatever you're, you're used to you're taking less and less and less but like and feeling horrible in between mm. But like, at least you get that one thing mm. if, if, if you can achieve that, you know? Well, that's a, that, yeah, that's just a really hard question at this point in my life is like, especially if you've chosen a career that is very socially dominated, mm-hmm. like acting or like stunts, like it's like you do, you do actually have to have a profile that people can refer to, mm-hmm. you know? Like it would be like if you were, if you were a brand designer or something, it's like you need some sort of online portfolio that people can go, oh, um, what's your Instagram? I'll look up the brands. Oh, cool. I like this design. Mm-hmm. That's how you get your business. But then it's like, how much should I be on that? Because to be honest, like, there's not a massive appeal on Instagram for me right now. Mm. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling. That's like that it's the most appealing one for me currently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm not, I'm saying like it's still a it's still appealing because like on my phones I don't really use any of the other apps. Instagram is like my texting now. Like mm-hmm. I use it to communicate with people, so that's the appeal to it. Yeah. But there's not a massive appeal to me in the sense of like, I don't know, um, figuring out the algorithm and 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 uploading this and that and mm. like i'll try and i try and do what i can with the hashtags when i when i do upload it because i want my page to get exposure and i want more employment opportunity mm-hmm. but it's yeah i don't know it's a, it's really hard to figure out how do i not get sucked into it and i feel like the more i put my phone down the more i meditate and the more i send to myself the more disconnected i feel it's um you get you start to get up it's like have you ever been addicted to sugar before uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of another sugar addiction, honestly. Yeah, yeah. isn't it weird? I'm having though? Like a second wave of sugar addiction. Isn't it weird when you start to wean yourself off sugar? You don't wake up and have a chocolate bar. You'll wake up and have like toast mm-hmm. and I don't know bacon and eggs, mm-hmm. and then um, for lunch you might have a salad. And then, um, and the less you have sugar, the less you're like, you know what? Like chocolate bars are dope, mm-hmm. but I don't need them like every night. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Except then the more chocolate bars you do eat, you're like, shit, like, I haven't had my chocolate bar yet today. Like, I'm yeah, definitely not. It's never gotten to a point of like chocolate bar a day, but like, sometimes it's worse. <laughs> like, sometimes it'll be like, I'll just like buy myself a pie or like a lot of jam for my toast or something. Like, I'll just like make like a healthy choice with the toast, but then I'll get like the like unhealthiest <laughs> jam and fucking pile that on. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't get to chocolate bars, but like, you know, yesterday I had like, I finished like a like an eighth of a pie and it had a danish too and then fucking at work there was a bunch of delicious christmas sugar treats so of mm. course i'm gonna dig into those it's like sugar like makes you like it, it's like i don't care how full you are you want more of this mm. shit yeah. sugar makes you eat till you're sick dude because yeah. the addiction is stronger than your actual hunger mm. and I, f- I feel like that's the same with social media mm-hmm. you will be scrolling sometimes your eyes hurt your neck hurts you don't even give a shit about what's down there but you're like one more one yeah more. yeah one more. Oh, that one has a good thumbnail. Even one right more. now, I'm like, after this podcast, I can go www.instagram.com and see how many likes I get. Uh, it's like, yeah. it's that, that's just like a thing that just like dwells in your head. Yeah. It's like, hey, I, I could be thinking about a lot of other things, but I do see that my mind is almost always constantly allocated towards this. Like, it makes me curious how much better I would operate if that j- just did not exist in my head, you know? Mm. Like, I feel like your brain can only process so many things at a time. Yeah. And, like, if, if this is in your mind, it's definitely being held in there. It's definitely being created. So, you're, like, holding on to this thought while everything else is moving around. It's, like, you're, like, a collection of strings that need to move. And one has just become so tight because mm. it's, like, it's, the string just keeps moving down and down and down. Mm. What a weird little thought. <laughs> The more, I feel like the more I disconnect myself with the opinions of others, the less I desire Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is something that is quite liberating. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like I was watching this, this podcast on it actually, oh no, I was watching the, the social dilemma on okay. Netflix and it was, uh, I was talking about how we're kind of in this technological dark age. I believe it's the tech, I believe it was on, it was either that or Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. but um, we're in this technological dark age where it's. It's like there are ninety percent of the population will become addicted to this thing and become a slave to the, the socials. There will be a ten percent that will overcome that, mm-hmm. and they will um, be they will be they will manipulate those strings mm-hmm. to to get over that. But I feel like what social media does is it digs into your insecurities. It's like this is what people think of you, mm-hmm. and the less that you feel like that the less that you care about what everyone thinks about you the the less addicted you will be to instagram and stuff well there's a lot of people i know that are kind of like not really socially linked in as other people mm-hmm. and they're never addicted to instagram or anything they've got they're, they're the ones with like one profile picture and two photos mm-hmm. you know and it's like and there's a correlation there like i said we do have careers that endorse these these apps but, it, but it's good to know that's how you unlink yourself is like just meditating on trying to be not so like, I feel like you can, I feel like any, I have this philosophy that anything you want to do, there's always some way to practice it every day. Mm-hmm. Like whether it be acting, whether it be this, for Conscious example, practice. Yeah. For example, something like this mm-hmm. is like, try going to a party and not speaking for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Whoa. That's like, like when you get through the door. I mean, obviously, like, don't just ignore people. Yeah. But try not to initiate conversations for 10 minutes. Yeah. And just see how that affects how do people think of me, mm-hmm. you know? The interesting thing, though, is if you don't speak for 10 minutes, by the time you talk, people are ready to listen, you know? <laughs> but but it's interesting, though, just holding back for a little bit, being like, I'm going to let everyone else do the talking. That's crazy, because yeah. my approach to life is, like, the opposite. It's like, oh, fuck, I got to talk first, and I got to talk funny. Yeah? It's like, it's like a weird impulse of mine, and I think that, like, 
sometimes it works against me, you know, because it is like an investment in what other people think. Mm. There's yeah, there is a there's a balance to everything, mm-hmm. but um, I think you just got to kind of identify what type of creature you are. Yeah, and then like I just feel like I'm a very mm-hmm. outward person, and like I just like I'm like ah, I'm just mm. like spreading my my likeness everywhere i'm mm. like banksy or like not banksy but like, like, a, like a graffiti guy you mm. know yeah. on everything and eventually it's like okay who's who's cool man you know <laughs> i'm like cool man <laughs> um yeah well i feel like i feel like just every everyone can benefit from the yin and the yang like if you're a super quiet person who doesn't like to talk that could be a personal challenge for you mm. when you're getting your coffee ask the uh, ask the barista how's your morning going you know just want that's it yeah you know how Hey, how are you? Good. How's your morning going? And then they might be like, yep, good. Or they might be like, honestly, man, I'm super tired. Didn't have sleep all of last night. And then mm-hmm. you can feed off that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're a super talkative person, you can also just exercise. Why don't I just listen to this person for a little bit? Um, but that that's all coming from, I just think it's all coming from um, how we how we feel compelled to do things based on where we think we fit in society or mm-hmm. like, I just personally do little thing, little experiments with myself like that just to make sure I'm not too linked into how people think and what people, you know, feel and this and that, like mm-hmm. to, to get to unaddict myself. That's how I've started to unaddict myself to Instagram a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Dropping a little knowledge nugget on our viewers to, to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> and we have been going on for like pretty much an hour and 15, give or take. Yeah. That's wild. That's cool. And that it has cool. not felt like an hour. Yeah. You know? This was flow state. Yeah, this is flow state. It was a conversational flow <laughs> yeah, state. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't even begin to touch on like some things I'd like to know about you and like oh, anything. Shit. Yeah. So like Maybe I was talking too much, you got. No, 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 no. Um, because that's how podcasts go, but that's awesome because that leaves opportunity for the future. Like it would be really fun to have you on again. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Because like I'm we down. can just like we can keep doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah like, I'm down, we can man. hang out. And we can just like talk. No shit. No yeah, shit. and all we like the camera just rolls, and whatever happens happens, and and then we get canceled and we lose all of our money. No shit. <laughs> we should say some offensive shit before. <laughs> Start um, <laughs> starts hitting that hard c word button. Yeah. <laughs> cut, yeah. cut 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 cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's been it's been awesome having you on the show. Um, probably gonna have to wrap it up here because it's gonna be a lot to edit. Lol. True. And then we've gone through a battery and a half. So. True. We'll call it here um, so we can move on to... I can help you with some acting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome having you on for episode 39. We do have a special prize for you. Um, this was made specifically for you at Muji. Oh, dude. Um, inside this Muji bag is all of the clothes you have lent me in the recent past and a hair gel look i threw in a hair gel for free a little bit of hair gel there's not Come much on. left in there but there's a bit right can i show the viewers show the viewers show right, the viewers right. for getting on this show i have got the messy look hair gel because my hair's pretty messy at the moment um it's got made approximately 1 20th um of the <laughs> contents left so that's pretty good but there's still, some right there's still one, smells there's good some. yeah smells great smells good that's at least you know two Pinky's worth. And that's what you know you're getting from Axe, is strong smells. Yeah, so. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Smell the hormones. These um, pants, urinated on, now cleaned. Uh, last time we played Smash, um, we were online. He had to get to, to the Smash controller quickly, and he pissed on either my shorts or my pants. I forget which. Um, Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Sweet. Then we've also got <laughs> some North Face boots. 
I those are awesome. I, I was really happy with those. I thought I thought these would be cool, and then I wore them, and I look like a dork. So, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have these back, but I wish I had better taste. <laughs> I wish I had just thrown them in the trash. <laughs> and and these socks, that's fucking cool. And then we've also got this Muji. Chinese logo. Yeah. Not sure if that's racially motivated, but we'll go with it. Yeah. Um, I am not racist. So. Um, <laughs> Just wrapping off with a little uh, reminder, I am not racist. <laughs> yeah, I thought we got offensive. <laughs> um, there will be plenty more of Danganane in the future, I'm sure. Because this is a, it's fun. It's, it, it was fun doing this, and I anticipate it will be fun again when we do it again. 100%. Thanks, All right? Thanks for having me, man. So, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, James. Thank you, Yale. If you watched it, I don't know. Thank you, Brody. If you watched it, Kevin, Colin, who else? Greg, if you're listening to the audio version, I have to upload a bunch of audio episodes. I'm sorry. Thank, did I say thank you, Wes? And Nolene. I said it. Liam? <laughs> Nolene. And Nolene. I'm, uh, yeah, that's my mom's name. Nolene's going to watch a new fan. Going to send it to my mom, yeah. Hell yeah, my mom's not allowed to watch this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I will not let her. <laughs> so, Go. yeah, with that said, um, oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Final question. There's a little question. I'm, I, I, I have decided to, to ask a guest. I did want to, yeah. So, if you, this is, this is a little, little, just a little tiny one. If you had a billboard you could put anywhere in the world, where would it go and what would it say? And can people touch the billboard though? Sure. No, I mean, like, could they destroy it immediately? Sure, if it... they want. Shit. Because <laughs> I was thinking of doing something really triggering and like, like some sort of psychological warfare and like, one of the one of the the battle torn countries. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if they can, so touch like it, defend people. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I like don't this know. billboard just came out of nowhere, and then we're protected <laughs> from gunfire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but if if I if I I don't know if people could touch it, they'd probably destroy it straight away. In such in in those type of so maybe I would I don't know. Ne- I've kind of what would it say if it was in those situations and it was bulletproof? I can't I can't think of anything elaborate enough. Um, it doesn't have to be like it could just say it could be one thing. There could be nothing. It could be the right. color red. It could be a picture of like a butthole. Mm. Oh, it'd be pretty funny to put a big sign saying like communism in a really leftist school. <laughs> that'd be funny. That'd be funny. So everyone who came to the lefty school would be like, what the fuck? It's that they're all communists. And then all the lefts would be like, we don't know where the billboard came from. We didn't make it. We don't endorse it. And it would start all these arguments. Oh that'd be God. pretty funny. God, um, my, my guests are such interesting people because like, the people I hear from, like, the inspirational podcast I listen to, they're like, in a, in Times Square, I would put love yourself. Or just, like, something like that. And my last guest said he would put it in front of someone's fucking window. <laughs> so, they, like, if they had a really nice view, now they can't fucking see it. Right, right. And then you've said that, so, like, both my guests yeah, I think have be, just had disruptive billboards. It'd be funny to fuck with people. Otherwise, um, I would put, like, at the airport, like, welcome to the country of spiders outside Australia just to fuck with, like, Americans <laughs> and shit that came in or something. Like, Still to the fuck biggest, with scariest, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Okay. Um, thanks, everyone, for watching. Catch you later.